everybody. Welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Aaron. And I'm Clayton. And I'm the romance novel veteran. And I'm the virgin. We're having a different kind of episode for you this week because we didn't read a book. Instead, we're going to talk about movies. We're going to talk about favorite rom-coms, which is a genre we both absolutely love. Um, and then after that, we're going to have a very special guest. We have Abby from the Read It Forward podcast. Um, so that's going to be really fun. Uh, we played a game with her um, and it was uh, it was really great. So that's this week, guys. That's what you got coming up. Um, so we each chose our top five rom-coms. This was so difficult. It was really, really hard. Really hard. I don't know if I made the right choice. I do think I'm going to be up late night. Thinking, should I put this one in that cat on that stage? Da, 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 da. But I have to be okay with my choices, and we have to move forward. Yeah. So, just a caveat: this is not the best romantic comedies. This is our favorites. Oh. So, okay. Well, you were saying these were the best. Well, I think my favorites are the best. That's how strongly I believe in my taste. Yeah. So that's good. <laughs> For me, I always I feel like. Um, Best is very subjective, so Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say these are the best, and you'll understand why when you hear my list. These are just my favorites, and I've watched them multiple times. So that's how I kind of knew which ones were mine, Mm -hmm. is how many times have I watched this movie? Yeah, I think everyone on my list I've watched literally countless number of times. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So Aaron's going to go first. We're going to go from five to one. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited right now because <laughs> I think I know maybe one or two, but okay. the rest, I'm not so sure. Great. And I want you to say it. I don't want to spoil it. I won't say anything. <laughs> Should we okay. just get to it? Yeah, get to it. Okay. So I have honorable mentions because it was very difficult for me to narrow it down to five. So my honorable mentions are The Princess Bride. Of course. While you were sleeping. Honorable mention on that. Okay. That I thought was going to be in the top five. I got to say. I'm surprised. Uh, Okay. I think you fucked up. No, okay. I'm sorry. I'm just joking. Um, No, but I, that's, yeah, of course, honorable mention on that. Yeah. Knocked up. That's interesting. Yeah. That, I, I don't, I'm not an Apatow rom-com fan. Okay. 40 Year Old Virgin, I love. Catherine Keener. I love, but there's something not romantic enough about those movies for me. Mm-hmm. Too many grody dudes. Yeah, too many dudes. It's a funny, Knocked Up is definitely a funny movie. That's why it's a runner up, but it wasn't in the top mm-hmm. five. And then my big fat Greek wedding. Let me tell you, <laughs> I'd never seen those movies until my ex mentioned that she loved the first one. It was so good. And the second one was coming out and she wanted to see it. And I had never seen it. And I went and saw the second one before I saw the first one. Mm. And I'm telling you, it almost made my list. I like them both, but I actually like the second one a little bit better. I have such a funny... So the second one, I was fired from my job that I wanted to be fired from for so long. And so finally they fired me. It meant I was getting unemployment. I was like, "Uh uh-huh, this is the life... But then I didn't want to go home because, like, how depressing is just come back home at 11 a.m. So I snuck into <laughs> I snuck into the sequel to my Big Fat Greek Wedding, and it was fantastic. Wasn't it? It's that 
that movie, I cried several times mm-hmm. during that movie. I don't want to ruin anything, but there's there's several moments. And I, what I like, and I, I realize what I like about movies now at, a, at the age that I'm at is the fact that they're all a little bit older. Uh, things have uh, matured. They have kids now, all that stuff. And then just the way the family is still together and they're still there for each other. It's very sitcom-y, but I thought that that movie almost made my top five. And Andrea Martin. I mean, it, it, she's... When they're all holding each other's faces back to take the pit photo, yeah. they're holding each other's necks. Come on. That's so funny. And that was just honorable mention. This yeah. is going to be, uh-oh, a long podcast. Number five. You've got mail. Written and directed by Nora Ephron. I thought that would be higher for yeah. you. But it's a classic. Yeah. It's so good. I've watched it a million times. Every, still, when I'm on the Upper West Side, I think box books. I think shop around the corner. That whole moment at Cafe, Cafe Lalu where they first meet for the first time. My friend used to live right by there. We would go there all the time. I was like, this is from when she had Pride and Prejudice with a single rose in it. It's so dorky. I love it. And I know it's very problematic. And I just don't care. Well, the thing with these is that we got to put the caveat out there that we're not advocating behaviors and we're also not advocating the casting choices of these movies from years and years ago. These were just the reactions that we had. I'm sure a lot of these movies are movies we saw when we were kids and they're we're we're more reacting to uh, that that feeling of romanticism that it elicits. Right. Mm hmm. Um, so I know that's one of those things, but yeah, I, I'll, I will stand by the casting choices of Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks in the lead of Steve Zahn being her coworker uh-huh. of whoever that old woman was, who was married to the Prince of Spain. Yeah. I love, uh, Greg, uh, Kinnear. Yeah. Parker Posey. I, I mean, I love Parker Posey. The caviar is a garnish. <laughs> I love everything about the movie. Every scene. That's one of those movies that when it comes on TV, I just watch it to the end. Yeah. It's so good. It's so well-written, so well-directed. I mean, like, I'm a Nora Ephron super fan. Like, I love her like she's a person I knew. And I mourn for her like she's a person I knew. I did not know her. Mm-hmm. Um, you, in, in our vernacular, so we have a, 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 I have another podcast called uh, How to Watch Movies the Right Way. Mm-hmm. And you would be a Nora Ephron apologist. It's kind of I don't have to heard. apologize for anything, though. Yeah. Also, she lived in the Anthorpe apartment building, which means I want to live there one day, and it's still my dream. And every time I'm on the Upper West Side and I walk by, and it's this beautiful building, it takes off a whole block, and there's these gorgeous iron gates, and you look and you just see, like, a a courtyard with a fountain, and I'm like, one day. That's my, like, blue sky. I would live there, because Nora did. It's not a great way to make real estate decisions, but I'm standing behind it. I mean, what's, what's a better way? Exactly. It's pie in the sky, like you said. Mm-hmm. And those are re- – the resale value is great, but mm-hmm. you'll have to carry me out feet first. Leave. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, number four, Clueless, written and directed by Amy Heckerling. Okay. I, like it's So the, the central romance in this is her and Paul Rudd. Yeah. Okay. Problematic? No. I, I mean, I, it's not a – I don't look at it as a rom-com um, – like a, I don't know. It, it, I people have put it on lists. 
but I don't know if that's a rom-com in my definition of rom-com. You would just say it's like a teen comedy. I would say it's a teen comedy with romance elements. Here's why I think it is, because it is all about her looking for love, matchmaking everybody, because it it's Emma by Jane Austen. Mm-hmm. Which is a romance. Mm-hmm. And so, but the entire time the romance was, call was coming from inside the house. It was her ex-stepbrother. But I thought it was like a really romantic way of how with all these other people that she was having crushes on or having crushes on her, it was wrong and it was hard. And then when it became him and her, it was easy. Okay. And I think that's such a nice way of talking about love. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I mean, that was, there was a few movies that I was, that I eliminated because of it not being at its core, a a romance, like the whole thing being a romance, Mm -hmm. you know? But it's difficult because it's it, th- at that point you're just kind of you know you're being very nit. I'm being very nitpicky at yeah. the definition. I knew you would, but yeah. I kept it on there anyway. As you should. It's your it's your favorite. Yeah. Number three, French Kiss, written by Adam Brooks, directed by Lawrence Kasdan. Do you know this movie? What year? Oh, I don't. In the nineties, like the ninety five. Is this with uh, Kevin Klein Kev- and Meg Ryan? Okay, this, yeah, I've not seen this movie. It is impossible to watch now. I searched for it everywhere, but I love this movie. This was a movie growing up that a good friend of mine had on VHS, and so I would go to her house and we would watch French Kiss and nonstop. That does it. When you have that, when you, my sister and her friend Andrea used to watch um, Beaches. They had a VHS of Beaches, and they used to watch it every weekend. Uh, like for a year, every weekend they would watch Beaches. Yeah. Beaches is a great movie. But it's when you had that one VHS or those few VHSs, and you would watch them over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Heaven Klein, I remember being young, but being like, that's a sexy man. Mm-hmm. He was playing a Frenchman who was like a con artist. I was like, ooh, I like this con. Yeah. And... Meg Ryan plays a woman who is afraid to fly, but then she flies to Paris because her fiance has fallen in love with another woman and she needs to try to help steal him back. She meets Kevin Klein along the way and he agrees to help her steal back her fiance, which now, is such a great plot. That's like a romance novel. Uh-huh. Like that's perfect. And then of course they end up falling in love. Yeah. So you're all in on Meg. I'm all in on Meg. Yeah. Okay. Good. I mean, she was America's sweetheart. And she was in a lot of really great rom-coms. Mm-hmm. Number two is When Harry Met Sally. Again, Meg and <laughs> Billy. I know. Written by Nora Ephron again. Directed by Rob Reiner. I, this is a perfect movie. I love it so much. Um, in this, we were talking earlier, this is the only romance where I'm like, oh, I would be comfortable being in this couple. Mm-hmm. Like they treat each other with such love and respect. Um, they are so perfect for each other. Um, so much ground is covered because basically from them in college to them in their mid thirties, there's uh-huh. a time jump, but it's so, and again, Nora writes so well, the movie's only like 90 minutes long and it is so tight, so much story and so funny and so memorable. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing to say that hasn't already been said, but. Surprised it's your number two. You thought it would be number one? I thought that was the one that I thought was going to be definitely on the list, but I thought that'd be number one. Mm-hmm. I thought While You Were Sleeping would be in the top five. Mm. I was wrong on both counts. 
I'm I'm I don't know what number one could be. You don't you don't have any guesses. I have no guesses. Moonstruck, Which, written by John Patrick Shanley, directed by Norman Jewson. Jewson. Cher. Yeah. And Nicolas Cage. This is so funny. It's a comedy shot like a drama. And I just love her. Also in this movie, I watched it recently and I was shocked and horrified to find out that she was supposed to be 37. So she is three years older than me and out to pasture. And I found that a hard pill to swallow. But still, I love the story of a woman who's given up on love. She's going to marry Danny Aiello. He gives her a bullshit proposal. I mean, but that whole scene in the restaurant is so good where he proposes to her and then she finds love with a man who's 17 years younger than her, which is fantastic. Um, well, not in the movie. Uh, the actors were that far apart, but I think in the movie they were just a few years apart. Um, again, so funny. The supporting characters are so good. The love is believable. And it is one of those ones where it's just sort of themselves fighting each other getting in your own way from from getting the thing that you want because she's just so closed off because she thinks she's cursed i married it into an italian american family and i found that the representation of italian americans was pretty spot on would you say it was more spot on than green book (laughs) i didn't i had to miss that one unfortunately yes you're a good wife and you did not watch green book no i came home and i heard a lot of lasagna face (laughs) and it was upsetting (laughs) Um, no, but this is like marinara face, but marinara face. I'm sorry. You can take it. It was a meatball show. It was. Yeah, it was. No, but Moonstruck. I mean, they have a beautiful townhouse in Brooklyn Heights. That's also the dream real estate porn. Um, yeah, there is so much about these movies that are about places. Yeah. As well as the, uh, people. Yeah. So Moonstruck, it's also a phenomenal script. If you can read the script, it's good. John Packard Shanley is one of my favorite writers. And that's it. That's my top five. It's a good top five. Yeah. I'm surprised. I was very surprised. So who were you surprised by? Well, I'm surprised Clueless because I don't look at that as a rom-com, to be honest with you. It's a teen movie. I mean, we could really switch that out with While You Were Sleeping, if that makes you feel better. No, no, no. It's your list. It's your list. I'm just just thinking, like, what what I didn't put on my list because Mm -hmm. it, like... What were you going to put on your list but you didn't because you didn't think it was genre-specific enough? Well, I love there's something about Mary. And I there is That's a romantic it is comedy. a romantic comedy, but there was it, for me it was more comedy than romance. Okay. The rom-coms that I like have some comedy and some romance. Something about Mary is is such a raucous comedy that it almost is too funny. And too much of a comedy. That was how I, because I feel like that's one of my favorite comedies ever. And I don't know if it was this, it's not my favorite romantic comedy. That's, it was just, I'm, I was splitting hairs a lot. Yeah. So. And, and the same thing with like, say, Groundhog, Groundhog Day. Oh, I would is, say this romantic comedy too. It is, but the thing with me, what I thought is that a lot of the story is about his progress and there's not a lot about her. You don't know uh, as much about Andy McDowell as you do about 
uh, 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 Bill Murray's character. So it is romantic, but it didn't have the that the couple together enough for me. That's how I felt. Mm. But still, it's a classic comedy. One that I would say is on my um, honorable mention. Honorable mention. Thirteen going on thirty. Mm. Because of its rewatchability. Yeah. That movie, if it comes on cable, you can just rewatch it. I think that was the part Jennifer Garner was born to play. Yeah. Is a 13 year old inside a 30 year old's <laughs> body. I think Mark Ruffalo plays a great everyman. Yeah. When they dance to Thriller. Just there, there's an exuberance to her in that movie that is really captivating. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's endlessly rewatchable. Another one that almost made the list is Enough Said. Which is Julie Louis uh, Dreyfus and James Gandolfini. Yeah. About two people at a stage in their life that is past, you would think, uh, they both kind of think uh, where a romance could bloom. And he's such an unlikely romantic lead. There's such a gentleness to him. Obviously, JLD is one of the uh, most perfect human beings to ever exist in the world. So, of course, I'm going to like the movie because of that but that i thought was a really good movie but again it is a comedy but it is more of a there is it's more dramatic than it is comedic i feel okay top five let's get into it so adam sandler and drew barrymore as we know one of the best romantic couples to ever be on the screen together my number five is not one of the movies you're thinking of. My number five is a little movie called Blended, which is their third movie, which is much maligned, but I find to be their best collaboration. I've watched this movie a million times. The thing about this is Wedding Singer, great movie. Fifty First Dates, great movie. Blended is them, again, more mature at a point where They've had relationships. They've had love before. They have kids. And it's about integrating a family together. And there's some really poignant scenes in this movie about Adam Sandler is a widower and his one of his daughters having a really hard time with the death of, of her mom and still pretends her mom is there with her. So when they go, the whole thing is Drew Barrymore's family and Adam Sandler's family go to a resort in Africa and – there's a scene where the little girl still has a seat for her mom and the dad's, say, you know, making sure that everybody understands that. And the like Drew Barrymore's kids start making fun of her and she she tells them to stop and then they grow together. And there gets to a point where she's OK with the fact that maybe another woman could come in and take her mom's place. This is in a comedy, mm-hmm. um, but there is like a heart to this. And I think. Later Adam Sandler movies can be kind of schmaltzy, but this had a good balance of, you know, broad comedy. Kevin Nealon's in it. He's hilarious in this movie. All the kids do a really good job. But uh, I just like that later in life romance that it it represents. So it's a, my number five. I've seen this he, movie like 15 times. <laughs> He's from my hometown, so I always feel a special kinship to Adam Sandler. He's the man. Yeah. Who doesn't like the Sandman? So... My number four is Crazy Stupid Love. And the reason I like this movie so much is because of of Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling. Their chemistry is so great. 
I also, Steve Carell, I'm not a huge fan of Steve Carell, but I thought he was really good in this movie. I liked the characters moving around each other. I was surprised at the surprise in the middle, which I won't ruin if you haven't seen it. It surprised me. I bought in. Uh, And this is a more modern romance. It's 2011, I think, or 10. So, But I've seen this movie again several times. It's a movie I'll put on if I'm feeling a little bit down. I own it, so I'll just pop it on and I'll watch it. Yeah. Steve Carell does such a good job of playing a sad person. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's where he really settles in. It's like, <laughs> kind of like when it's a bummer for him. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of this movie? Did you like this movie? No, I loved it. I didn't see the twist coming either. I really, yeah, it was really, really good. Well done. So number three. Music and lyrics. Oh, my God. So we're going to have no overlaps. No. <laughs> Hugh Grant. I love Hugh Grant. Uh, Hugh Grant, I'll watch anything he's in. This this movie, him and Drew Barrymore, he plays a songwriter who is used to be a member of a pop group that was way bigger. The lead singer went off to great success, kind of like George Michael. It's based on Wham. But there's a song, their popular song, that was their 80s song, was uh, called um, Pop Goes My Heart. That song is a banger. That is a, (laughs) that song rules. I would say go on YouTube and put, I'm going to put the song in the episode, of course. But that's a great song. And I love the two of them writing lyrics together. Drew Barrymore is somebody that I find very charming on screen. And Hugh Grant is the goat when it comes to romantic comedies, in my opinion. Mm. So music and lyrics. I've seen that movie again a lot. I probably will go home and watch it tonight. Yeah, yours are shocking me. Shocking because of their quality or shocking because of how left field they are? Uh, how out of left field they are. Also, it's insane that you would call Hugh Grant the goat when it, Meg Ryan is clearly. Oh, well, I'm, I'm thinking more like the male goat. Okay. Yeah. He's of, a male of, goat. The, yeah, the, he's a male goat. Meg Ryan's the you of it. Yeah. <laughs> or she could be a goat too. There could be two greatest of all times yeah. in the male and the female category. But, okay. Number two. What well, is this going to be? While you were Anaconda. sleeping. Oh, yeah. This was a movie I was very much in love with Sandra Bullock when I was a kid. Uh, Who wasn't? She was my girl. I had, my mom had a, a People Magazine subscription, and I used to, she was in People Magazine a lot back then, so I'd cut out pictures of her, <laughs> and I had like a little folder that had Sandy Bullock pictures in it. Because she seems so nice. Never mind nice. what you did with that folder. I didn't do no. See, she was different. I would never. She's, oh, okay. Yeah, that was true love. Mm-hmm. Um, now, ask me about my Anna Nicole Smith <laughs> folder. <laughs> I'll tell you what happened to that. <laughs> no, that didn't happen. But um, yeah, so she was somebody who I thought endlessly charming. Loved her in Speed. Loved her in Demolition Man. Loved her in The Net. This was a movie that I rented shamefully as a kid because i was so scared that people would think i was a wuss because i rented a romantic comedy but i love sandra bullock so much that i got up the nerve to go to my blockbuster and rent this movie and i rented this movie several times Mm -hmm. i i know this is a again a movie that's probably not uh behavior you want to pattern it's it's just had funny side characters the whole family was funny she was so charming and 
I just really like this movie a lot. So it's my number two. Number one, cannot believe this wasn't even honorable mention for you. Notting Hill. Huh? Uh? Huh. Uh? For Notting Hill. Mm. He owns a bookstore. That's you. He is Hugh Grant. (laughs) Owning a bookstore. Owning a bookstore. A travel bookstore. Yes, which that's the one thing. A travel bookstore, kind of lame. I'd want to have a legitimate bookstore with real things. We've talked about my bookstore and what it would be Mm -hmm. uh, in a previous episode. Barely open. Barely open. Look that up. That was a great episode. Classic (laughs) moment. We don't remember when it was. Just listen to them all. Yeah, just listen to them all. And then when you hit that, you'll be like, oh, that's what they were talking about. And you've got Julie Roberts at her most effervescent she is somebody who is a huge movie star. She plays a huge movie star in this movie. Now, she is a bit of an asshole in this movie as a character, but there's something about their chemistry together. You got this big, shining star and Hugh Grant who has charisma but can really dim it to be an everyman. And that combination, plus you've got his roommate who is a nut, and that's the one time that character has actually worked for me, just being the slovenly roommate. I think he was great in it, the whole rest of the family, his friends. It's just a really fun movie. Again, a movie I've seen, uh, like, probably 20 times. Uh, So, yeah, Notting Hill. I'm so surprised that this wasn't in your your honorable mention. Do, do Do you not like Hugh Grant? I'm not a huge Hugh Grant fan. I think, I I mean, I like him. I like Notting Hill. I'll respect Notting Hill. Is Notting Hill something that if it's on TV, am I stopping flipping? Maybe, maybe not. Let's see what else is on. Let's go around the dial once and then I'll come back to Notting Hill. Versus like these movies where I see them and then we're done and I'm watching this. If I see Hugh Grant on screen, I'm stopping. I don't care what it is. And if it's Notting Hill, that's great, which I would know it's Notting Hill immediately. But any of his movies, I'll stop for. Uh, I'm so surprised that you're not a big uh, Hugh Grant uh, person. No, I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, I love the scene where he has to wear his prescription goggles to the movies. Mm-hmm. That's adorable. Um, love the roommate, too. I love uh, Lord Granville is in the movie, which is really exciting, from Downton Abbey. And that was a fun moment when I did a rewatch. And he was there acting like an asshole. Um I don't know. It doesn't spark for me, but I respect it. I respect it as a good romantic comedy. It's just not, it's not up there in my top 10. It would be in my top hundred. Well, of course (laughs) it's gotta be your top hundred. (laughs) All right. Well, those are our top fives. Email us your top fives. Yeah. Or we have that. We have the up on Instagram. We have, um, we have that next episode. So, that says about our, our tip five. So if you want to comment and tell us what your tip five uh, rom-coms are. Guys, just... I misspelled top and I said tip and it, I didn't even notice for days and days and days. And then I just left it. You just left it. Because you know what? I'm stressed. That's and fine. that was the most I could do. And sometimes we just do our best and we hope it's good enough. So it's your tip five, your top five. Um, but we'll have a new post for when this episode comes out. So just comment on the bottom of that what you would have your top fi- top five rom-coms be or tweet at us because um, we would love to hear other people's. I'm sure there's ones that we have like completely forgotten that we will be obsessed with. So, yeah, make sure to to let us know what you think and, and what your top five I'm sure people be. will be like, sleep in Seattle. Why didn't you mention it? Yeah. We mentioned it. We just did. 
I mean, I do like Sleepless in Seattle. I fe- I didn't love how long it took them to be in a scene together. And that was what it was for me. Rita Wilson f- is f- phenomenal in that movie, as is Rosie O'Donnell. They're both good in it, too. But it's, I don't know. What about uh, It Could Happen to You? That was maybe, that should have been one of my honorable mentions, because that's so good. Rosie N- Perez. Nicolas Cage. And The Fonda. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. That's probably honorable mention for me as well. Yeah, It Could Happen to You is really good. Really funny. But we can all agree John Cusack is a creep. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, just in general. It, well, just I feel like he's a guy who people really fell in love with back in the day in a romantic comedies. And now that you rewatch those movies like Serendipity and Say Anything and High Fidelity, I get a very icky vibe from him yeah so let us know how you feel about john cusack <laughs> um yeah i guess why not who is and also like if you could cast your who's who's your goats for male and female actor for rom-coms because i also want to know that yes all right everybody so we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back with abby from the rita ford podcast um so stick around and We'll be right back. I never thought that I could be so satisfied Every time that I look in your angel eyes A shock inside me that words just can't describe And there's no explaining Something in the way you move I can't deny Every word from your lips is a lullaby A twist of fate makes life everybody um and we have a treat for you we have a special guest um abby from the read it forward podcast hi guys hi thanks so much for coming and joining us thanks for having me this is so fun yeah um so what let us know a little bit about your podcast yeah so i'm the senior editor at read it forward and our mission is basically introducing people to their next great book Mm. so that's all what I do on the podcast. It's really fun. So far, we've had two seasons of the podcast, and season three launches really soon, April 15th. Um, so you can look ahead. We've got um, actress and author Amber Tamblin on the show this season. We've got Danny Shapiro, Jasmine Guillory. Yes. big fans. Totally. Uh, <laughs> Nick Stone and Sophie Kinsella, just to name a few. So we do a lot of author interviews. I ask authors what they're reading, which Mm -hmm. is always fascinating. And you end up coming away from the episode with a ton of books to add to your TBR pile. So if you're looking for a a good read, (laughs) check it out. I have a serious book buying addiction, so I might not be allowed to listen to this podcast. Well, I introduce (laughs) absolutely no 12-step programs (laughs) for book buying. I highly encourage it. So, yeah, we... We like to breed addicts around here. Good, good. Yeah, reading it, addicts. There's worse say. addictions that you can have. For sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, do you, can I ask you a question real fast? Cause I do this when I, when you go over somebody's house, yeah, is the first place you look their bookshelf? Definitely. And often a guy I will go on a date with, mm-hmm. that is a big red flag. If they don't have books or they have really weird, like sexist books written by white men only, yeah. That's a white, that's a just, it's not a white flag. It's, a, it's not surrender. <laughs> it should be called a white flag now. It's, it's a red flag. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, you don't want to surrender that person. Um, no. it, like a lot of Max Tucker books. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. If there's the sequel to uh, <laughs> I Hope They Serve Beer in Hell, whatever that was, you're exactly. like, I'm out of here. No. Yeah. yeah. I had a guy who bragged, actually, that he had a signed copy of that book, so. Oof. Yeah. Wow. Not great. Did you just stand up and just teleport out of there? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Tucker Max is a deal breaker for me. Yeah. I gotta go. Do um, anything else. Yeah, but yes, I always look with a keen observational eye, even just like girlfriends and people I'm meeting, like, oh, what's on their shelf? Like, because, you know, I think a lot of people read in ebook or listen to audio and or give things away or donate to the library or things that they aren't interested in keeping. So the ones on our shelves are really important to us. And I feel like it's like a good Rorschach test for who you are as a person. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally yeah. agree. What books do you always have on your shelf? I know that's so hard. I'm not asking your favorite. No, no, that's a good, I love a moving memoir. Mm. So any books that, you know, will just make me cry in awkward and weird places. I'm very into. So there's one memoir called son of a gun by Justin St. Germain, which sounds sort of grisly. He's looking into the circumstances around his mother's murder. But it's a beautiful meditation on motherhood. And his mom was so strong in other ways. She was a paratrooper uh, from Philadelphia. So really gritty and tough, but had five marriages to five different men. And so it was sort of around men that she became weak. There was like a chink in her armor and she eventually lost her life at the hands of one of these husbands. So she, you know, so he actually talks to all of the husbands and looks at gun culture in America and sort of brutality against women. And it's gorgeous and moving and heartbreaking. And so that's one that I love, but that I also love sort of joyful fiction (laughs) to go the complete other way. And, um, so I love The Interestings by Meg Wolitzer. Mm. It is a story that follows these friends from camp, uh, performing arts camp. And <laughs> they, it opens when they are campers at camp and follows them for 40 years. And, you know, some of them are still living in Manhattan together. And um, so it's really like a long, slow burn coming of age story. Um and I love a good camp tale. I mean, did you go well. to camp? I did. Nice. So it, it yeah, it hits. <laughs> and I'm also I've got a flair for the dramatic. So oh, nice. Yeah. So that's um, those are two books that like have a permanent spot on my shelf for sure. Those are great ones. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And now they're both on my TBR. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, this is how it all happens. I know. I'm a pusher, man. <laughs> and I like to rescue books from the from the used bin too. Even though even if I own them, yeah, I'll rescue them and I'll give them to somebody else. That's a great idea. Yeah. It's like a good Valentine to just like, this is something I love. Like yeah. I want to share it with you. Ask her if she's a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> Romance novel virgin. Um, 
so on our podcast, you know, Clayton is the virgin. I'm the veteran for alliteration's sake. Um, where between us would you place yourself? I would place myself at relatively inexperienced. Um, you know, maybe like has been to first base, but not all around <laughs> as a home run. Um, so I have read more contemporary romance, I would say, but not so much um, historical. But I am very drawn to the genre, I think, because, you know, times are tough out there right yeah. now. And there's nothing like a good romance to really sink your teeth into and really escape your own dateless <laughs> life. Um, so it's kind of escapist and fun. You know, I, I started my career actually in wedding magazines. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I worked at um, two magazines called Modern Bride and Elegant Bride. And I always say to people when they ask, like, oh, what was that like? I'm like, there's nothing sad about bridal magazines. <laughs> like, they're fun and a happy place to work. It's yeah. like a joyous time. And I feel like that's what romance books are all about. Like, there's mm -hmm. nothing really sad about a romance book. Um, now, they do get deep and in-depth and explore other feelings besides love. But on the whole, it is a nice escapist sort of adventure to read a romance yeah. but I would say I am fairly inexperienced I'm a newbie newbie maybe. yeah um do you this to put you on the spot do you know the one rule of romance no. like what makes a book a romance and if it doesn't have this it is not oh let's see if I can guess um Clayton knows it and he wants to yell it um it's been drilled into me okay by, by the expert let's see um descriptive Sex? No. no. There are closed door romances where you don't see oh, anything. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not a fan myself. <laughs> no, I'm like, <laughs> skip over those. Yeah, yeah. Um, sexual tension? No. Okay. Um, a, a, like a lusty kiss? <laughs> no. No. Okay. Should I put you out I'm, of your <laughs> I'm out of guesses now that I've embarrassed myself. It's just a happily ever after or a happily for now. It has to end happily. And I think that's why also people are drawn to romance because you know it's going to end well. Even though everything seems wrong and the world is upside down, you know by the end everything's going to be okay. And that's why they're soothing sometimes in a way. Totally. Like, yeah. Okay. Well, somehow it's going to work out. Yeah. Oh, see, it's like I knew that instinctively but didn't know it enough to say. <laughs> so it's... It's not a lusty kiss, it turns out, but it's <laughs> a lusty kiss. There's, there's lusty kisses in a lot of different books. Yeah. yeah. It happens. It's yeah. a bonus. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. I did notice on your phone case you have Mr. Darcy. So I you're do. not such a. I'm not. You're a fan of one. No, my pop socket says Mr. Darcy. So yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> that's, an, that's an OG romance, I think. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. Um, all right. Do you want to play a game? I do. Okay. What are we playing today, guys? So we're playing a game called Romance or Nomance. <laughs> and this is a game where we're going to read a title, author, and a description of four romance books. Now, one of them is a nomance, which means it's fake, but three of them are actual romances. So it'll be up to you to let us know which one is the fake one. I feel like this game belongs on, like, Andy Cohen's Watch What Happens Live. <laughs> well, I'd love it. Listen, 
We'll take it there. You're listening. Yeah, we'll sell it in a second. Oh, yeah. This is, we we love selling stuff. (laughs) So, Aaron's going to go first. Uh Okay, romance or nomance? All right, I'm listening. Uh, Sinner by Sierra Simone. She, uh, so, a notorious playboy must convince his best friend's little sister to not become a nun using any means necessary. Okay. Two, The Duke with a Dragon Tattoo by Kerrigan Byrne. (laughs) <laughs> a notorious pirate king returns to claim one last prize, the woman he has loved for 20 years. Oh. <laughs> That's two. Three. Ripped into love uh, by Vanessa Foxhollow. Uh, two women have a, each have a loved one killed by Jack the Ripper and join forces to hunt down the killer. But just as they get closer to finding his identity, they begin to find themselves falling in love. Oh, it's like a bummer <laughs> and a romance. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Your Planet or Mine by Susan Grant. A woman down on her luck goes to the grocery store to get some ice cream, but what she finds in the frozen food section is more than she bargained for. A hunky alien set on taking her back to his planet. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. So you can see how this will be difficult. (laughs) Totally. Okay, so we've got Sinner, which is about the don't become a nun. Mm -hmm. We've got number two... The Duke with the Dragon Tattoo, sort of a Pirates of the Caribbean-esque mm-hmm. story. We've got um, number three was... Ripped into Love. Ripped into Love about the two women looking for the Jack the Ripper, and but they find themselves. Mm-hmm. And number four, Your Planet or Mine, Alien in the Ice Cream Isle. Okay. <laughs> um <laughs> Like, Out of those, which one would you want to read the most? I mean, the one I would want to read the most um, is definitely the Your Planet or Mine sort of like sexy alien. <laughs> um, but that could also be the one that's not true um, because, you know, I think romances don't usually blend with sci-fi, but they could. There could be a whole subgenre that I have no idea about. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and say that that is the nomance, your Your planet planet or mine. mine. No, that's real. (laughs) 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 There's a lot of alien romances, Uh a lot, a lot. Whoa. We read one called Ice Planet Barbarians that was fantastic. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So which one was the nomads? Jack the Ripper one. Oh. But now I'm like, I, I want it to be real. Same. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Two gals in Victorian London hunting a killer. And falling in love. And falling in love. I mean, I was convinced that was real. <laughs> so. Listen. Yeah. Somebody pay me in advance. Is that how this works? I think so. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is how we get a book deal. Oh, yeah. Right here. Oh, perfect. Okay, well, I'm zero for one. <laughs> so, Clayton, what do you have for me? So, I did uh, for mine a very specific genre of romance novel. Okay. Um, we were talking about closed door romances. These are all going to be Amish romance no. novels. These exist, wow. they are real, <gasps> and they're spectacular. Um, so, I'm going to read four of these. One of these is fake. Okay. Okay. And they're all Amish. Yes. This is amazing. Okay. <laughs> go, go ahead. An Amish country quarrel. 
This is the Lancaster County Amish Choral Series, book one, by Rachel Stoltzfus. When Mary Schrock tries to convince her best friend, Rachel Troyer, to leave their Amish community and move to the big city, will a simple quarrel spell the end of their friendship? The next one is Fields of Corn, the Amish of Lancaster, an Amish Christian romance by Sarah Price. This is amazing. When Shana Slater, a non-Amish woman from out of state, meets Emmanuel Lapp, she learns there's more to the Amish way of life and to Amish men than she first thought. Lancaster Lovebirds, an Amish Christian romance, Churning Love Book Number 2. By Sarah Lapp. Churning as in butter. Yes. Ah, okay. Very clever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Abraham Fisher has known Hannah Miller since they were kids. Now Hannah is thinking of leaving the faith. Can Abraham show her the strength of God's love and his own? Oh, boy. <laughs> Lancaster County Second Chances. <laughs> by Ruth Price. As Katie and Joseph prepare to marry, everything is threatened when Joseph's younger sister Cora takes refuge in their home. Disowned by her parents, Cora is all out of options and hiding a terrible secret. Can Cora escape her past, or will she find the strength in God to face it? Oh, dear me. So these all take place in Lancaster. Yeah. Just let you know. <laughs> Which, just to let you know, I grew up not too far away from Lancaster. Well... So this is, this, this is your story. This is hitting relatively close <laughs> to I home. also grew up outside of Lancaster. <laughs> no way. Yes. Okay, we'll circle back to that. Yes. Um, wow, okay. So, I need you to recap these very briefly for me. Yeah. Sure. So, the Amish Country Quarrel is about Mary trying to convince her best friend, Rachel, to leave their community and move to the big city. Yeah, okay. Fields of Corn is about Shana Slater, she's a non-Amish woman, meeting Emmanuel Lapp. Uh, yeah, who's an Amish guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lancaster County Second Chances is about Katie and Joseph preparing to marry, but Cora comes in, yeah. wrecks the whole thing. Totally. And then uh, Lancaster Lovebirds is about Abraham and Hannah being friends since they were kids, and Hannah wants to leave the faith. Okay. Just off the bat, you know, I feel like the one, the first one where they want to move to the big city... I don't know how realistic that is, um, but it does sound pretty plausible. Um, I do think the probably non-Amish woman meets bearded Amish man with suspenders. That's got to be real. That Fields of corn. Fields of corn. That's in for me. Um, the one that... I'm puzzled over is the one where Cora, the sister, moves in and potentially sort of crashes this marriage and she's damaged. And that's the one that I'm leaning towards is a nomance. Lancaster County Second Chances. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Because it feels a little risque, frankly, for an Amish romance to have this bad sister move in. Mm Mm-hmm. under roof while Katie and Joseph are preparing their <laughs> marital bed. Yes. So that's the one I'm going to say is a nomance. 
No, you're wrong. Oh, it's <laughs> the Lancaster Lovebirds. Oh, no. Churning love book number two. <laughs> that is fake. Uh, churning no. love. I was trying to get whoopie pies in there somewhere, but, <laughs> but it would it be just, too obvious. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. It, 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 incredibly difficult, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Wow, I really <laughs> failed at this. But also props to you both for writing very believable synopses of these books. I'm sure if I came back to this without having marked what the fake one was in about two weeks, I would not remember. <laughs> yes. I would not know. No, no, it was hard. Yeah. Churning, churning into love was my hint that it Churning might love, be... yeah. I was like, should I do it? And then I was like, why not? Life is so short. Yeah, well, see, that's <laughs> what got me is because I'm like, well, it wouldn't have been. That's in a series. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's book one. That's clearly book one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That was great. And frankly, I'm super curious about an Amish romance right now. Uh-huh. We have not done one yet. We think we're we're both virgins to Amish romances, which I think is the only way you're allowed to read an Amish romance. Is if you are so it's virginal. just if it's your first one. Yeah. yeah. So we should do that, though. Yeah. yeah. If anyone has a good Amish romance that they love, let us know and we'll read it. Totally. And mm-hmm. I'll read it too, just on the side <laughs> myself. Will you, will you come on? Yes. And, yes. And, yeah, you should come on as a guest. Absolutely. And read this Amish romance. I will for sure do that. Because yeah. then we'll talk more about where you grew up and where I grew up. Yeah. Because I, my, we used to drive past the buggies all the time. Totally. Well, I mean, we got their amazing produce and and goods in the in the farmers market. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, my brother still every time he's home, he goes to get an Amish soft pretzel. Oh, they're mm-hmm. the best. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I think he lived on for many years of his life. <laughs> just Amish soft pretzels. So. I get a quilt every time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have so many quilts. You have I have about too many quilts. Eighteen on your bed right now. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's a conservative estimate. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the Amish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for stopping by. This was so fun, you guys. Thanks for enlightening me, opening my eyes to this fabulous genre that I'm going to explore further. Nice. Yes. So you'll come back for Amish, come back for Your Planet or Mine. I, w- I will, <laughs> and I will. Absolutely. I've got some reading to do. Yeah. All right. And if so, if people want to learn more about you listen to read it forward how how do they do it yeah so read it forward podcast is on itunes um apple podcasts you know wherever you listen to your podcasts and we're on twitter at read it forward and facebook and instagram um so definitely check us out and go to readitforward.com to see a million books that you've got to add to your tbr (laughs) pile love it what are you swooning about this week clayton Well, my swoon is a movie that two of my friends wrote that got made. (gasps) It's a movie that my friends Greg and Scott wrote. Uh, I'm just fucking with you on Hulu. I'm very proud of my friends in general, all of my friends and everything they do. But this was a long journey for this movie to be made and they are uh two really great awesome dudes and this movie is really great so please watch it uh starting up first it's gonna be there forever but 
please watch it that first week. It's very important. Also, this is the greatest thing that they've done since they were my wedding band, Craig and Scott. <laughs> they are not only a wedding band, but also yeah. screenwriters. Can you? They're bon they're so vivants. Talented. Yeah. They, they, yeah. There's nothing they cannot do. Truly, they're excellent. But yeah, watch. I'm just fucking with you. I don't love uh, scary movies, but I like this one a lot. So watch it. Aaron, hmm? what are you swooning about this week? So I talked a lot in this episode about Nora Ephron. I love her. Um, and she passed away. And her son made a documentary called Everything is Copy because that was her, his mother's sort of motto that anything that happens to you in life is all just fodder for the next thing that you write. So you always have to look at it as that. Um, if something bad happens to you, you have to think of how it'll be funny when you tell it later at a party. Um, and I think that's a great life philosophy. But also this is sort of an exp- uh, exploration of a woman who is very complicated, um, who didn't have an easy go of it all the time, um, but was so interesting and so funny um, and not always very nice. <laughs> which I like too, because I think niceness is an overrated quality. Um, And she was, I just think she was so funny and so talented and so amazing in everything that she did. Um, Yeah. And like I said, I love her like I knew her and I sadly did not know her, but everything is copy. It's on HBO. It's been around for a while, but I just think it's a great um, thing to watch. And it's also sort of a love letter, a son to his mother, which is always very sweet to watch as well. So um, that's my swoon. That's a good one. Thank you. Aaron. where can they find us? <laughs> they can find us at, um, you can email us at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. Um, we are on uh, Instagram at learningthetropes, and we are at, on Twitter at learningtropes. So come find us. Also, rate, review, subscribe. We always say it. It's necessary for people to find us. So take a second. We're giving you all this free content. So just do a little something for us. Scratch your back, scratch mine. Hmm? <laughs> what? <laughs> do with that whatever that was, please. <laughs> I'm not great at enunciation. That's okay. It's It's been a long um, recording session. It's been very long, mm-hmm. but we are almost at the end. Um, and so everybody for next week, we are going to be reading A Hunger Like No Other by Cressley Cole. So pick it up, read it. Come listen to us talk about it. That's that's what happens in this podcast, so keep it going. Um, all right. Bye, everybody. See you next week. See ya. See ya.